This is Indie Business Podcast, Episode 63. Hello and welcome to this episode of Maker Stories on the Indie Business Podcast. I'm your host, mentor, and coach, Donna Maria, the founder and CEO at IndieBusinessNetwork.com and the hostess of the Indie Cruise Retreat and the Maker Mastermind Experience. My goal is to help you build a solid business foundation, increase your income, and use your business to create the life you love. In this maker story, I'll introduce you to, or should I say reintroduce you to, Kayla Fioravanti of Ology Essentials and Workshop Create in Franklin, Tennessee, just outside one of my favorite cities, Nashville. In this episode, Kayla and I discuss the various phases of entrepreneurship she has gone through in terms of many different brands she has launched over the years. Kayla is a serial entrepreneur, having sold one business several years ago and then taking a little break while her children were in their early teens and today launching two new brands at the same time. Kayla has a wealth of insight and experience and she drops some really great golden nuggets in this episode. You can find an outline with resource links and show notes for this episode at IndieBusinessNetwork.com forward slash 63. We'll talk with Kayla in a minute, but first I want to tell you about the Indie Business Network's very exciting new member benefit. It's called the Indie Method, and it's really 20 years of business training that I offer to my members in a single year of membership. The Indie Method is my exclusive, sequential, step-by-step immersive entrepreneurial curriculum that walks you through the four phases of entrepreneurship, emerge, engage, evolve, and expand. And you'll hear Kayla and I discuss some of those phases in this episode. It's what I call a layered approach to launching and growing your business because it isolates precise action steps that are taken in a specific sequence. This arrangement of explicit steps taken in a particular order creates forward motion without the confusion and overwhelm that sometimes accompanies brand growth. The Indie Method is available exclusively to members of the Indie Business Network and classes start January 8, 2018. I hope you'll join us. For more information, visit IndieMethod.com. And now let's talk with Kayla Fioravanti of Ology Essentials and Workshop Create. Welcome, Kayla Fioravanti of Workshop Create in Nashville, Tennessee, and also of ologyessentials.com and kaylafioravanti.com. So excited to have you here on the Indie Business Podcast. I am thrilled to be here. Okay, so I just mentioned three separate brands. And so before we dive in here, let's give everybody like the basic framework, like give us the Cliff's Notes version of each one of those three brands. What are they? What do they do? And what do they offer? Okay, so kaylafiravanti.com is my author website. It's where I write from the perspective of, of, of being an author of 10 books and kind of my being a wife, mother, businesswoman, all that sort of thing is written from that um, blog post. There's not really a um, monetary thing there other than that you can link to my Amazon books and get to them. So there's not a shopping cart there. Um, and then... There is Ology Essentials, which is my brand new aromatherapy brand. Um, and there I have an aromatherapy school that will be starting in January where you can become a certified aromatherapist. 
I also have a brand of essential oils um, sold retail. And in that, I also have um, essential oil kind of accessories that, come, that can be used. And then um, we have CBD, hemp CBD oil that is sold through there. And um, I do custom formulating for people who want to have their own formula and they want to own it because I'm not going to manufacture. I'm just going to be writing people's formulas, give them the whole thing. They can take it wherever they want to take it or they can do it from you know, themselves. Um, so that's pretty much what's going on at Ology Essentials. And then Workshop Create is a um, local store in uh, Franklin, Tennessee. And um, it is a place where you come in and you can shop, but we will teach you also how to make a lot of the things that are sold um, in our store. So a lot of the artisans who make the products will come in and teach classes. I taught how to make melt and pour soap there yesterday, and we'll be teaching bath bombs on Sunday. So just all kinds of fun community, bring people together things. And I have that with partners with my friend Wendy and um, my son, Keegan, and his wife, um, Haley, were in business together in that. We put all our brands together and created that store. Awesome. So listen, for everyone who's new to entrepreneurship, I don't want you to push the off switch, okay? Because you're kind of like, oh my gosh, I, all this stuff is going on. Let me just tell you, Kayla's been in business a long time and th these are not her first rodeos. Um, so what we want to do here though, is for people who are like this, this episode, Kayla is going to be so rich because it's for people who are new to entrepreneurship, but also for people who have developed brands in the past and they're working on developing new ones like because you can speak from both of those perspectives so let's go back a little bit i have interviewed you pre previously on the indie business podcast so for those of you who haven't caught that interview make sure you go to the blog at indiebusinessnetwork.com click on the podcast or just search on fioravanti kayla's name and you'll pull up that old podcast I, it's, it's really only about three years old. I encourage you to listen to that first so you can have a really good backdrop for what we're going to get into today because we won't have time to cover the whole backstory in this episode. So make sure you do that. But what I do want to cover though is, is Kayla, starting with the fact that the three brands that you just mentioned are not your first ones. Your first one, well, not your very first one, but for practical purposes for her, your first one was Essential Wholesale, which you sold five years ago, and then sort of went into this whole new stage of your life. So again, for those of you, you've listened to the story of Essential Wholesale, you know how it started, you know how it was sold. What we're going to start with today, Kayla, is really like, what does that feel like? Like you and your husband worked for years to build this brand. It became hugely successful, so successful that someone came along and wanted to buy it very quickly. And then suddenly like you weren't doing it anymore so so t tell us what that feels like from an emotional and an entrepreneurial perspective when you've been so busy for so long and so in the weeds and building and growing and tweeting and blogging and and then suddenly it stops what is that like it was it was scary and exciting and sad and happy all at the same time um you know i was i was happy because I really felt like at that time in my life, I needed to be focusing on my um, tween teenage daughters who were, you know, going through, we're about to go through a move. Um, so I was happy about being able to have that sort of focus. Um, I was sad because it was, you know, 
my baby. We had created it from scratch, built it, gone through all these scrappy things with it. And, um, and then, you know, said goodbye. Um, and there were a lot of customers, you know, there was just a lot of emotion with the customers and the employees and, mm -hmm. and your baby business. But, um, but at the same time, it was just really exciting to kind of have a clean state slate um, and do other things um, for a period of time, learn new things. I love to learn. Um, so it was really nice to just delve into the um, publishing industry, um, help a whole lot of people publish books. Um, that, and that was exciting um, and, and a fun run. And I, I'm still doing it. I still have several people's books in pro progress. It's just not what I'm promoting mm -hmm. anymore. Um, but so so it was it was a lot of emotions. We were in the middle of a move um, from we moved basically from Washington State where we were living for a year um, to uh, Franklin, Tennessee. And I think most of it hit me once we were moved in here because you get so busy with life and move and all that so consuming. And then we got here and then I was like, huh, what do I do now? Um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I wrote a couple books that I wanted to write and then I started um, helping other people publish as well. So I know, you know, for a while, you know, after Essential Wholesale when you moved and all that activity and then you sort of got settled there and like, I know because I know you that you know the, mm -hmm. the process of, of saying okay well I, I'm, I'm not going to do anything related to aromatherapy for a certain amount of time so I have to or I want to build something new like something new that is not related to that but that I can also keep my entrepreneurial juices flowing continue the income flowing so you basically had to go from advanced entrepreneurship from the mode you were in, which was in a very expansive mode at the other business, to basically beginning again, like starting something over from scratch. Yes, it was such a learning curve too, because the world had changed significantly since we built Essential Wholesale. And you know, when we were in the weeds, getting the learning the technology and all that sort of thing. And so now I had to learn everything. I, I had had a, a tech person who did everything for me. So if I wanted something to happen on the internet, he made it all happen um, and, and made everything all pretty and stuff. So I went from having a full-time person to just um, having a virtual assistant, which was a lifesaver, but um, it was a big learning curve um, and a little bit terrifying because technology isn't my thing, but I figured, you know, it's, it's the step I need to learn in between. And um, it made a big difference. It made me confident in doing new things um, because I was able to learn something that wasn't my knack um, and, uh, and kind of built a business on the technology of, of publishing um, out of something that, that just wasn't my gifting, but it not only, it didn't have my gifting, but it did have my passion in it, which is helping other people. So um, since I was publishing and helping other people, I could push through the frustration of technology and that sort of thing, um, that portion of it. So, so and, and you know, I want you to share too, like, I, I sort of have, it's maybe it's not fair, because like, I have the, the front row seat of how this all evolves. So I'm trying to, you know, I'm ask, asking my questions from the perspective of someone that already knows what happened, but I'm putting myself in the position of a listener who doesn't know all those stories. And one thing that occurs to me is that 
as a as an entrepreneur, when you watch someone who has built a brand like you and Dennis, your husband did over the years, built it into something that was so hugely successful, to hear you say, like, I started something new and I didn't know what to do. It's like, it's like really interesting to hear that because, but I want to point that out to people because just because you've had a business before that was awesomely wildly successful doesn't mean that you know how to start a brand new business from the get go. Like that's totally unrelated, right? You, you've got to emerge like in the indie method that, you know, my, my system, like you've got to start all over again. Like, so like, and you didn't really know what you were building as you were building it. So describe like, what, what is that like? And how do you, because I know so many of our listeners feel that way. It's like, I know I'm building something, but really not quite sure what it is. Like, how do you, how do you train yourself to deal with that kind of uncertainty so that, you know, four years later, you've got something that you're ready to launch as you've just done with your new uh, store and your ology brand. Right. Right. I think um, it's a little, it's a little bit humbling to come back to the beginning. Um, and then, but once you get there and you start working on things, it gets exciting. Um, so in, in the beginning, it was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I don't know how to do this. And, and this is, this is so hard. And I've got to remember all these steps that I did eight years ago or, you know, when I started and all of a sudden I'm back at the very beginning. Um, so I think what pushed me through was um, just the love of learning and um, the love of serving other people and just figuring it out so that I could t continue doing that from a different place. Um, and mm -hmm. then, um, mm -hmm. you know, building a new website, building, you know, new social media, building all that sort of thing was, um, just one of the things that eventually I was like, okay, I know these are the things I have to check off. I'm starting something new. So these same exact steps have to happen no matter what I'm starting. Um, even if it's a new idea in my brand, um, I need to go back to that emerge phase and check off making sure I had all those done. Matter of fact, just recently um, with the new launch of Workshop Create and Ology Essentials, um, one of my partners, Haley, which who's my daughter-in-law, and I were able to come to your event when you came here to Nashville with Maker Mastermind. And that was just such a great reminder of what we still had to take care of before we launched. I think we had exactly a month left when we got <laughs> right, there. Right. And, and we just literally took the check sheet and the things that we had talked about in, in, um, in the event and like two days later we met at my house and we just checked them off just one after another got them all done and then once they were all done it was just so much easier to move forward because we knew we had built the foundation really well um and we right. had made sure we did the things that we talked about in the event um and so like coming to like people were like going you're going to an emerge phase event i'm like yeah because we all need the support and these reminders and mm -hmm. this, um, um, these steps and the, the reminder of how to go through them again and why we need to go through them. Um, yeah. yeah. Great well, and they're totally different every time. Um, I know as, as you do working with entrepreneurs yourself for, for so long, um, 
it, it, you know, that it, oftentimes we, we see fairly new entrepreneurs and they say, um, you know, they set their sights on a business that has been in existence for eight or 10 years. And they say, I want that. Like, I want right. that. And what, what I think we have a responsibility to do is to remind them that that business emerged in a different time and a different era than you're emerging in. So, yeah. and you know, it's so funny because like for me, when people say, you know, you have this social media following and I'm like, yeah, but I started using social media when there was only one social media, like it was Facebook. That was it. When I started mm -hmm. using social media, there wasn't Twitter and Pinterest and Instagram and Snapchat and YouTube. And you don't have all of that. When you start a business today, you're looking at all these things are like headlights, all, all 10 of them pointing at you at the same time. And right. you're tempted to start with all of them, but you really shouldn't do that. You've got to just look at that business that you want to be like that's eight years old and pick like one or two things that they're doing and then pull them back to the emerge stage and do them yourself. So, so hopefully this is a reminder for everyone that like Kayla's starting all over again after having this wildly successful business for so many years in a new brand, you are back at square one. And that's okay. Yep, it is. And it's also okay when your dog starts barking in the middle of your podcast. Well, I know. And hopefully mine doesn't start barking back at him. <laughs> but that's, that's life working at home. Yes. Yeah, so so um, as, as he's continuing to bark in the background, um, tell us a little bit, Kayla, if you would then about the steps that you are taking now to kick off these brand new brands and letting like old things go. Yeah. Um, well, there's so much to launch new brands. Um, matter of fact, right before we got on the phone uh, or, or on this interview, I was setting up a blog post to get on ology.com because that needs to start building. I'm like, I got to stay faithful about putting those on. Um, those are some things that sometimes when you've been in business for a while, um, you can get a little lazy about those blogs. And I had been because I'd been focused on rewriting my second, my um, aromatherapy book. But um, so there's those, those sort of steps like building that. Um, I have to spend a little bit of time every day working on Ology Essentials um, website so that I can finish getting it all the pieces launched on it that I want to have on there. Um, there's like yesterday when um, I was reconnecting, I had to, my, my shopping cart, I had done it on the cheap, which is a mistake, um, crashed of course. And so I had to redo everything and Jennifer carried me through all that. So anyway, then I, she was like, okay, where's these links? I'm like, oh, wow, I forgot to do the Twitter. You know, so there's those little details that I thought I had checked that one off, but actually I had ch checked it off on another brand. So I'm just working my way through those steps of, of um, coming from Emerge into Engage, where we engage with people um, locally in the store um, and then through the internet um, all over the place. So um, I think we're kind of in that, um, in that stage where we're coming between Emerge and into Engage and in those early phases of doing that.
And so, so when you talk about that, see, and this is so interesting to me too, because as we all read the headlines about the demise of retail and how awful it is, you know, we all read those articles, but they're not talking about us. <laughs> they're talking about right. like the bigger world of, you know, all those non-indie companies and not the ones that are artisan related like us. And so what, what you're doing is something I see a lot of people doing, and that is not only running an online business, but figuring out how to include a physical component to that. And there's so many different ways to do that today. Now, you've obviously chosen to have a physical location that's, that's a specific address. There's other ways to do it, too. So talk us through a little bit, Kayla, about why you decided to have a physical location. How does it complement your other existing brands? And uh, you know, why, why do that when, when it's certainly a lot more work to have a physical location for, for, you know, to engage with your customers and so forth. Yeah, it is a lot more work for sure. Um, Cause you know, I'm used to working at home um, at my own pace, getting up and having lunch whenever I want or whatever. So it's, that's really different having someplace I need to be. Um, basically the, the, an opportunity presented itself. And so um we just, my, my friend Wendy moved into this neighborhood that has its own um, shopping district. It has its own school system, all that sort of thing um, here in Franklin. And um, her house, her place that she moved into happened to come with retail space. Um, so we were like, well, what should we do? You know, there's like a space. What do we do? Um, so we just started kind of dreaming and jumping around ideas and, and then, you know, figuring out the holes in the ideas that we had. We went through several. Um, I was already planning on, on um, working on launching Ology Essentials. So um, we came back around to, well, what can we do that will support local? What can we do that will support things that we're passionate about? Um, and where could Ology Essentials fit into it? Um, and so, we loved the idea of engaging with the community and having a place where people could come gather, learn things, have fun, and we could be part of the community. Um, and we could help other small businesses do the same thing, engage in our space. Um, and it happened to be that of the th um, three partnerships that we have, basically Eternal Returns, my son's business, um, my business and my friend Wendy's business, we all kind of had that passion of, of reaching out to the community, um, teaching and educating and sharing and having an open door sort of policy place where people could feel welcome. So um, since it, that's what ended up hitting all of our passion buttons, that's the direction we ended up going. Um, my son did the build out on the um, place. It's absolutely gorgeous, all made with sustainable wood. Um, so that got everybody else's was excited about that as well. So it's fun to do a collaborative project like this. Um, and it gave me a place to have a location um, for Ology Essentials, someplace where people could come meet with me, where I could do consultations for people who are local. I could make custom perfumes, things like that um, in one space as well. Well, and let's talk a little bit about about how all these brands leverage against each other. I mean, because see, what's interesting is I think that we are moving away from one dimensional, one dimensional entrepreneurship. 
And I, I don't want to overwhelm anyone that's new because if you're in the eMERGE stage, you need to stay there. You don't need to be moving all the way into all this, you know, five brands and selling a business and all that stuff. Um, but, but I do think that even in that early stage of entrepreneurship, you've got to be thinking about what you want your life to look like five years from now. And I do, as we move forward and we see the fact that so much of success online depends on levels of engagement that are unique to your brand, that you've got to be able to come at people from different places. Like you've got to be able to come at them from your website. You've got to be able to come at them from a newsletter. You've got to come at them from a blog and you have to come at them with a different mindset, right, from each of those places because they're all different. Like what works on your blog is not going to work on your newsletter and Facebook. You have to figure out how to, I guess, polish each one of those things so they interconnect to each other and that each one provides leverage for the other one. Does that make sense, Kayla? Yeah, definitely. Okay, so It's, it's so, very Yeah, so my question for you is this, because when, when, you, when I first say that, I can imagine that it sounds like, oh my God, it sounds so overwhelming. She's got a store and she's got all this stuff and she's got going on. But honestly, if you look really closely at it, you see a solid core with, with, with pieces around it, like satellites around it that all complement the solid core. So it's not like all these things just exist out in the universe. They don't. Mm -hmm. it all, it's like a bicycle wheel. This is what I think of it okay. as. Like there's a spoke in the, there's a, there's a core in the middle, like the, I don't even know what it's called on the bicycle wheel. Um, but then there's these different spokes and all of the spokes basically lead back to the center. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, so share with us, if you would like all these different things that you have going on, how do they all fit together to complement a core passion, a core income stream that works for your life and your business? Okay. Well, my core passion um, would be, I love to help people and teach and educate and, and share information. Um, I kind of come from that perspective of um, to who much has been given, much is expected. So I, I um, you know, I've been greatly blessed and I like to share that information, help people come along the way. So, you know, with the shop, um, that, you know, the, the interaction with people at the store. I have the opportunity to teach about the um, aromatherapy in there. I get to teach people, like introduce them to making soap and making, you know, cool things that they didn't know they could make that were, you know, they, people don't realize how easy they are until you show them how easy it is. Um, so that, that core passion is really fed in the store. And then it's also really fed in Ology Essentials because Ology Essentials will definitely be an educational platform um, one, because it's going to have the certification program um, starting in January, um, and that's a 100-hour course. I mean, you're coming out of there, you know your aromatherapy when you're done. Um, uh, so that definitely feeds my passion to teach and educate and share and get um, good information out on the internet um, to go against kind of some of the false myths and information that's out on the internet. Um, so they work together, you know, and definitely feeding my core um, passion. They work together in that a lot of our passions um, kind of cross over um, between the three companies. Um, 
that are that are working together there. Um, you know, for a lot of people with Indy, they probably spoke to Keegan on the phone because he often worked at Essential Wholesale in customer service. Um, and before that, when he was younger, he was out there helping um, helping me. So, um, and Keegan is, again is is your son, right? Who's now all yes, grown up is. and he's got his married and he's building building things at a business called Eternal Returns. There, that's your son. So, right. what is it? You're working with your son and your daughter-in-law. Now, I know you've worked with family before because you and your husband built Essential Wholesale, but you're working with Wendy, you mentioned as a business partner, your son and your daughter-in-law. Like, what is that and what lessons can you offer for those of us who might want to go into business with our family members? Right. So far, I've been, you know, I've been very lucky with working with family. I think it's because of um, um, shared vision. Um, and if we don't have the shared vision, then we're going to really battle each other down the road as we work. Um, that that makes a huge difference. There's a lot of trust. Um, Wendy is a friend that I made here when I moved to Franklin. She's a um, uh, she's working on a movie or, or a series for Netflix, um, and so she's just a create incredibly creative um, person who I met in my writers group, and I always thought. Someday I'd love to be in business with her because she and I just have that same kind of attitude, the same work until you get it done, that sort of thing. Because if you don't have the same attitude of work your tail off until whatever you need to get done is done, um, that's when you start having some conflict with business partners. And you know, I've run into that in the past. Um, so having a shared vision and a shared work ethic. Um, I mean, the week before we opened Essential, uh, um, workshop create was insane we worked crazy hours the install was all being done the branding and all the internet and all these basic things were getting done it was insane and everybody worked tirelessly um and if if we hadn't then that's where you start having conflict with with your partners as if you you just like not on the same page when it comes to work ethic or um uh what you want to do with the company together. Oh, and there goes my dog. <laughs> um, did I lose you? No, I'm still here. I was just listening to uh, the dog. And speaking of the dog, um, you know, let's tell everyone how flexible you have to be when you start a new business with partners. Tell us how that dog ended up in your house because it has everything to do with your business. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Elliot is his name and he's four years old and um, everyone in my household has been wanting a dog, but I just like, I, I'm a cat person. Um, and um and I'm the one who ends up taking care of, you know, the majority of, of, especially while I was working mostly from home, of having a dog. So anyway, Elliot used to live, um, our store is housed in a um, uh, townhome that has a store down below and then two floors above is the house. And Elliot used to live there, but Elliot is a guard dog. As you can see, um, a, a door opened elsewhere in the house and that's why he started barking. So um, he barks about everything. And I thought, you know, I could kill two birds with one stone. I could have Elliot not be in our, in our space um, 
and um, and barking at everybody who walks by or comes in or anything, um, and and leading a charge from the other dogs that got everybody barking. Now that Elliot's gone, nobody barks at all. Um, so uh, I was like, I could kill two birds with one stone. I get everybody happy here in my home. I don't have to ha deal with having a puppy because he's a four-year-old trained dog. Um, and um, so it made everyone happy. Um, and I've, uh, Elliot happens to be just um, an old soul of a dog. He looks at you with these eyes and he melts your heart. So all my, my I don't oh like my dogs. Gosh. Like, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Oh, wow. Okay. So that, that's such a great example of an unexpected thing that happened in the middle of your launch. And every, I mean, nobody wants to walk into a store and hear a barking dog because even if he is gentle and kind and would never bite me, I'm still not bringing my toddler in there. And I really right. am not in the mood of having anybody jump on me while I'm trying to shop for candles or what have you. So um, I love that you mentioned that and that Elliot made himself known because these are the types of things that require us to be flexible um, and to, to, yeah. to look around the room at our partners or even if we're just in business ourselves and say, okay, this happened. I have to deal with this. Mm -hmm. like, I can't throw in the towel. I can't have my, my customers upset by a dog. Um, mm -hmm. You have a variety of options, what, what to do with that dog, but you have to figure it out. And um, right. so that's a, that's a really good example that we all just really kind of, and you found opportunity in that. And there's always some sort of opportunity. If you look enough, you'll find mm -hmm. an opportunity in that. So Kayla, you, you like starting, okay. So since you're emerging again with Ology Essentials and, and everything, and you know, you've, you've been around the barn a few times in entrepreneurship, but still there's some basic things that have to be done when you're starting a new brand. Can you tell us from your perspective, like, what are the top mistakes that people introducing and launching new brands make when they're getting started trying to build this new uh, thing that they're creating in their lives and in their businesses? Um, well, I just experienced one of them um, and I knew better too <laughs> by um, uh, we tested the shopping cart all the way to the point of having the thing in the shopping cart, but not the connection between the shopping cart and PayPal. And for some reason, no matter what we did, it would not, it just would not connect. But I'd already launched before I did that. So we ended up in a 24 hour process of completely moving the website, redesigning it, moving it into a new theme, new hosting, new everything, um, you know, a week into being open. Um, and, and how it all came up that, um, my shopping cart wasn't working, um, was that I had done a blog post about CBD oil and it got a ton of attention. People quickly within like 20 minutes of being on there, I had several failed orders attempted. And, um, so then I had to go scrambling to those people and saying, I'm sorry, something's wrong. I'll send you a PayPal invoice. Let me get it out to you. And, um, um, so while I thought I was testing everything, I didn't test it all the way through and I paid the price for it. It costs, you know, more money to do things quickly. Okay. Um, like that. That's good. Yeah. That's so um, good. And, so and testing it, it all the way through, not just to the, the point through. where like you really do have to put your credit card number in there and then yeah. reverse the charge, right? You yes. can void it out. Yeah. After. Really? 
all right. the way through. <laughs> right, right, right. So, but here's the thing. It's like, I know, again, I put myself in the position of a new entrepreneur and they're like, you know, oh, I launched my website and the whole thing crashed and everything went down. But here you are, like an entrepreneur who's had some sort of business for a couple of decades and you, this big, you know, big launch and there's blog posts and there's tweets and I know I went and I shared it on my social media and then like... Two hours later, you were like, nothing works, nothing works. <laughs> I don't mean to laugh, but it's funny because we've launches. all been there before. <laughs> right? And I, everything was launching. I had so much on my plate. And um, I'm, I'm very grateful that Jennifer at Eco Office Gals is like my right-hand gal. And she yeah. carried me over that finish line and through it because <laughs> otherwise I would just been in the heat crying. Um, <laughs> so, so, you know, it's funny because we have to just laugh. I, I, I know sometimes when I share, um, you know, my sob stories of stuff going wrong, I, I sometimes put that in my newsletter. People write me back and say, well, I'm really sorry, but I'm so glad, you know, something crappy happened for you because, <laughs> because you know, um, it happens for me too. And, and it really just helps to, to be that authentic and that real person. And, you know, you know, stuff hits the fan sometimes. So, so that's, that's a really good tip to make sure that you test things all the way through to the end yeah. and make sure that they and work. I would say on your, on your, you know, bad things happen in business sort of idea. <laughs> yeah. Um, when we're, looking at essential wholesale and we were originally when we sold we were making a long-term plan for exiting no idea that we would be exiting within that year but that's how it all got started and one of the things we learned in that is that almost everybody who invests in business um, and who is looking for people they want to invest in they only want to invest in someone who's failed um, and then started over because they're teachable so failing is there's nothing wrong with failing in business it's a really important part of it and we had failed umpteen times um and then just kept getting back up and starting again until we succeeded so um uh i just wanted to i love that it's funny because i i interviewed uh samantha irwin of standard wax and one of the quotes from her podcast i want you guys to make sure you go back and listen to it is like she literally said it's i'm loosely quoting here but she said something like and she's like under 30 right she's 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 a she's a very young um person she said um you know just go ahead and fail a little it's not going to kill you Right. And I was like, wow, you know, that's such a keen insight coming from someone who is, um, you know, new to business and, and really, you know, when you're under 30, you failed, but really until you're my age, you haven't really failed a lot, so, just, you know, um, doing a whole lot of that. So that's a really good insight too, is to kind of, so when you are failing, Kayla, I mean, it sounds to me like, cause I, I sort of went through this with you when you launched Ology, I kind of watched it happen and tried to help as much as I could. But one of the things that that's so impressive about you, and I want you to comment on this is that it almost washes over you. It doesn't, it doesn't get inside of you and stop you and have you go, Oh, you know, go like in a Facebook group and start venting. You just like, it's like, Oh, oh that shit. happened. Like, okay, just wait a second. Let me get the dog over here first. And then I'll email all these people and then we'll make sure that we at least let them know there's a problem. And Oh, by the way, my assistant, why don't you put up a holding page on the website? I mean, you've got like a million things to do when that happens. How do you, what happens in your mind that allows you to be able to be that cool under that kind of pressure? 
um, probably experience and learning that the best thing to do in mm -hmm. the middle of a crisis is just the next right step. So okay. like okay. just moving forward, just keep moving forward. Cause like when things are really bad, like we failed big time and, and, you know, closed down businesses and had to lay people off and you know, all that. I give myself the 24 hours to cry about it and then let's get moving the next day. So to me, when, when something like this happened and I made this, you know, error and customers couldn't, I had to take the blog posts down and pull everything down. Um, those are just, that's like, a stumble and just mm -hmm. kind of move mm -hmm. forward and keep moving, fix it. Cause I, my goal is to fix it in 24 hours. Mm -hmm. um, and we did we had it fixed within 24 hours, um, mostly on Jennifer's part. Mm -hmm. um, and um, that's, that's just something I've, I've learned that, you know, if you're going to have, if you, if it's something super terrible, do take the minute to cry about it, get that all out so that you could just move forward. Having already, shed those tears um and um and just net working on the next step of whether it's emerge or engage wherever you are where you stumbled just working on that next step to fix it and get you back to where you should be which i should have been with a working shopping cart before i launched so now it was okay now i've got to be in a working shopping cart within 24 hours um just kind of setting a new goal <laughs> but you won't won't make that mistake again <laughs> That's so, it's such, who would think I would make that mistake at this stage in my life? But well, I, I have to tell you, I, I don't think it's an unusual mistake at all because, you know, I've launched new things where I've gotten to the payment section. I'm like, you know what? I really don't want to put this on my credit card. And I know, you know, you can get <laughs> fake numbers and stuff and try those out. Um, but, you know, I've, I've, you know, made that mistake a few times this year. Mm -hmm. Literally. And as soon as, you know, I, I get an email from someone like, like, I'm trying to buy this. And then, you know, you, you have to stop everything and say, oh, well, don't, don't go anywhere. Just a second. I'm going to fix that. I'm going to make it easy for you to buy. So, I, I had just started getting media attention on one of the products in my <laughs> line. And I'm like, wow, you know, I'm, I'm quickly I'm giving them all the information they want in an email because I don't want to send them to the website because right. it's like, you know, it, it was still up, but it had all fallen apart in the middle of the scramble. So for, right. um, so yeah, really interesting. You're like, okay, great. I'm getting really good at media attention and I have nowhere. Place <laughs> and I'm, nothing's working. That's going to be good right. attention. But, you know, I, I think, you know, your example of kind of falling into it and just, you know, it is what it is. And, um, you know, it's an opportunity to become more resilient. It's an opportunity to apologize. And I think customers um, appreciate that. Like they know stuff goes wrong, but they know too, I think that as long as you're there to take care of them um, and you're not ignoring whatever their frustration is because they can't get their product and they only have three seconds to buy it because they got to go back to work in a minute. Um, having you there to help them is, um, you know, and not rely on the automated, I'm sorry message. It really does make difference. So Kayla, as we close out here, we're so excited for you and the new things that you're doing. Tell us what you see on the horizon for indies, like, you know, independent, when I say indies for people who don't know, really, it's, it's independent entrepreneurs who are, you know, working really hard. They're not, you know, no investors. There's no uh, bunches of cash lying around from investors. And they're really just making up a brand new brand from scratch by themselves where all the roads lead back to them. What do you see on the horizon for this type of business model as we look forward to the next decade? 
that's the kind of business model that I get the most excited about because you have the opportunity to be completely authentic um, and be yourself and share from your perspective. Um, and big brands don't have that opportunity. You have this, you have this ability to connect customer to customer um, and, and have people who um, depend on your information, who depend on your products. Um, it's just so much more of a personal relationship. Um, and I think that's exciting because I think that's what people are seeking right now in life. People are looking for connection, especially the more we become very much internet-based and, and you know, messaging over the computer and sort of thing. Having those connections be a positive one and something that builds up the customer and serves them and, and you know, doesn't just think that shipping the order is, um, is where their obligation ends. You know, um, their obligation with small businesses, you have that ability to have a closer connection, share more information, have authentic relationships. Um, matter of fact, I just did a blog post on KaylaFiorbanti.com explaining why I'm carrying um, uh, hemp CBD oil. And I've gotten some really interesting responses from it. A lot of private messages and, um, a lot, and, and basically I was sharing from who I authentically am and my authentic experience of, um, of, of battling with, well, hang on, this, is this like a marijuana thing? What is this? And kind of coming from that perspective and, um, and sharing it from my own personal story was huge in a whole lot of people's experience with reading the blog post and saying, hey, you know, I've been wondering about this stuff too, but I was worried about this, that, and another. And since you shared your worries and you shared what you learned, I now feel comfortable with something that I've really wanted to try but have not been willing to. And big, big companies can't do that. So it's like a continuing conversation. I know like a larger company can put out a frequently asked questions answer, but it's not right. going to be personalized to the level that you're, okay, so let me ask you this then, because, um, you know, we hear so much about automation and how great automation is. Do you think there is, um, you know, based on what you're just saying, there's room for automation, but we have to be careful how far we take it if we want to provide that sort of continuing conversation slash customer service to our target audience. Oh yeah. I mean, there's some automation that happens. I mean, obviously they place the order and they get an email um, or um, like I'm going to be traveling for the next two days. So I will automate some um, blog, not blog posts, but um, Facebook posts, mm -hmm. but I'm going to show up on there to communicate mm -hmm. like on the go. So showing up. Yeah, showing up on there, but like mm -hmm. I can automate the part that makes mm -hmm. it makes the post come out, but mm -hmm. then I need to come from my mobile wherever I am mm -hmm. um, and and show up and communicate myself yeah. Yeah. with those people. It's so very interesting because you know we just had a quick conversation. Well, actually, it's ongoing inside the Indie Business Network member group from someone who wants to you know hire someone out to do their social media. And it's so interesting to me, of course, every business is different, right? So you have to be careful, um, you know, answering a question like that, like, should I or should I not hire? Like, you, you can't answer that question in a vacuum because every brand is different. But what it points out to me is 
like I just hear so much chatter online these days about, you know, you don't want to be tied to your, to your phone and you don't want to be, you know, you want to have all this freedom and flexibility and you want to go out and, you know, to the beach and while you're, you know, cash registers just ringing while you're, you know, hanging out, you know, in Turks and Caicos. And th there's a, there's a part of entrepreneurship that does deliver that. But I have always felt, and I continue to feel like, you know, a lot of people that are, you know, receiving, you know, marketing messages today are really overwhelmed with the impersonalness when it does exist. It's like, I don't want to be, I don't want to have stuff thrown at me like it's spaghetti and I'm the wall. I don't, I, right. you know, I want to deal with people. I mean, some people don't care. Okay. So we're not talking about those people, but I think the people who buy indie products and services, they do care. And they, mm -hmm. they, of course, they want you to have a vacation and have time with your family and all that stuff, but they also want to know, and they buy from you in part because you are showing up, right? Because we want our customers to show up, but why should they do that if we're never there and everything's automated and then we're posting from, you know, three different places at one time, all the time. Right, right. And if you're posting that much, yeah, you can't show up everywhere. But um, I mean, I could see, like, I could see a day where I'd love to have somebody who makes my images, who makes it all pretty, and maybe schedules it to get posted. But I still show up right. to have the conversation with people right. in response, right. not not somebody else is showing up and right. if someone showed up to do like you know basic questions if somebody's asking you know yeah. some frequently asked yeah. question i can see having somebody who is um like part of my brand but themselves right. they post as themselves um right you know, communicating some information but the things where it's um supporting somebody with more than information mm -hmm. um and you know, empathy and yeah that sort of thing that needs to be the the person themselves. Right, um, you know, and it's funny too because everything happens in such real time. Like you can create a social media system that and you train someone and you tell them exactly what to do and they do it perfectly for a week. And then you know what? Something in your business changes. Like your customers need something. I mean, this stuff does not, it's not a slow, slow road anymore. Like your customers can change on a dime. And if you have 50 Instagram posts scheduled or 50 tweets scheduled, you can really quickly become irrelevant if you're not the person um, that is there sort of leading that charge and, and guiding that guiding being sort of the guidepost for your particular brand because honestly nobody can do it like you you know right right well no but yeah people can't fake your voice and you wouldn't want them to so there are things that yeah you just you, it has to be you right but you know it's seeing your life ruled by it though so right right I mean, i'm constantly sitting um you know i'm in a line or i'm it's just kind of like the in-between spaces that I get on my phone and mm -hmm, mm -hmm. get on and quickly yeah. answer a couple yeah. of things. Um, yeah. It's not that I'm sitting and talking to somebody having coffee and I go, hang on, I'm going to answer my right. um, <laughs> messages now. Right. It's, it's, it's the in-between moments um, right. where you take the time to be engaged there, yeah. but stay engaged in your life 
face to, when you're face to face with people. Right. And I think we all have to learn how not to live in silos anymore. Like the traditional world that my parents grew up in, you went to work from nine to five, you punched a clock at some, on some level, and then you came home and right. you did whatever you do at home. And then, you know, you would sleep and then you would get up and you would kind of, so you could like put your life in these different drawers. And I think today, part of, I think people struggle with this, but I, I flow right into it because it's like perfect for me. And I think as women, it's perfect for us too, because we, we have the ability to be so much more fluid. Like you said, I'm sitting in line waiting for my kids to get out of school. That's the perfect opportunity to talk back to some people on an Instagram post when they responded to something that I shared. It's also the perfect opportunity to comment on a blog post if someone has commented and so forth. So keeping that conversation going, I think is really important. And I think we have to be careful, again, as you said, not to be totally consumed by it. But at the same time, if you're having an ongoing conversation with a friend, you don't like excuse yourself and go to the bathroom and say, you know, my husband's going to continue this conversation with you while I go, you know, fix my makeup, right? You can't, you have to be aware that they don't want him. Like they want you and they're happy with extensions of you every now and then. But if you disappear completely and it's all just, you know, I know that's not her or I know that's not him representing his brand. You're in a totally different zone. And you need to start searching, I think, for a different type of customer if that, if that is something that is happening in your business. What do you think? Uh, I agree. I, I mean, because it, it, it is so personal um, with people. Um, I mean, especially people, the, con the ability to comment and get responses back immediately and that sort of thing. Um, if they've really changed people's expectations of a brand and... Mm. Um, you know, it's, and so trying to meet that need, not necessarily like you're stopping, you know, mm -hmm. a conversation personally, but, um, but, but making sure that within that day, you're responding to that person, giving mm -hmm. them the answer they want or, or mm -hmm. replying. Um, mm -hmm. uh, it's critical. And I mean, like just a good example yesterday on, on Facebook, um, I had put my blog post about CBD oil and, um, and someone took offense to the title without reading it. Uh -huh. um, title of the blog post. They, they really said, I didn't read the blog post, but I'm offended by the title. Okay. And um, uh, yeah, and um, the title is the, uh, the teetotaler, teetotaler sells CBD oil. And then it's, uh, and so I had to answer back, well, see, authentically, if you read it, you see that um, people perceive me that way, but really I'm an alcoholic who's been sober for 25 years. And so I was coming at this product from that perspective and, um, um, and then explaining to people, mm -hmm. you know, my story of going through it. And I'm like, so I answered back, you know, I can only authentically t tell mm -hmm. of, of my experience with this product and this, and this um, product launch and stuff from as myself, I right. can't do it from your perspective. You felt it should be told without mentioning mm -hmm. my alcoholism. Well, mm -hmm. I'm sorry, but that would be inauthentic. Mm -hmm. um, so, um, but anyway, nobody else could answer that person. Somebody else right. couldn't step in and right. say, well, Kayla thinks that, you know. <laughs> it just, right, right. It just won't work. <laughs> right. And, you know, it's funny, too, because if they could answer, they would have to ask you first, and then you would have to right. tell them what to say and make sure you sign it as you so they know it's not me. I mean, I've, I've been... <laughs> 
through that so many times, it's just easier to just answer uh, yourself right. much of the time. Right. Um, and it's a very know. quick exchange of, you know, uh, I replied yeah. to her, she replied yeah. to me, I replied one more time, you know, the conversation that was, that was that, um, but nobody right. else could have had that conversation and it took what, you know, a minute for the first post, yeah. maybe two minutes to write back a second yeah. time. And that's, you know, that's nothing in my day, right? Yeah. And, and I think we all have to realize that whatever kind of business we have um, today, the, the truth of the matter is that most of it is marketing and communicating with your target audience. That's most, it's not, it's not making the product or selling the product or putting it in a box. It's mostly, and this is most businesses. There are some that are different, but for the most part, especially when you're first getting started, it's all about you creating those conversations, those critical conversations that, and the beautiful thing too is when you went into your Facebook and you responded to that customer, hundreds of other people see that and they feel cared for as well. And I think this is a point that a lot of people miss. It's like, you know, I don't want to go there and answer that one person. Oh, no, 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 no. Because when you answer that one person, you don't know how many people are watching. I remember years ago when Oprah Winfrey had her show on TV, she would show up every now and then at some viewer's house, like out of the blue, like she would have the whole camera crew. They would fly to Chicago or whatever or wherever. And she would just like ring the doorbell, like in the middle of them watching her show. And I remember thinking and hearing other people say, they get so excited for the person whose doorbell she rang, but they also felt cared for as well because Oprah cared about that viewer. And that means she cares about me too. So even when you get to be a mega brand like that, you still have to show up. You know, Oprah didn't yes. send a guest to record her show every day, and she did it for umpty ump billion years, right? I'm sure she, you know, she talks about this too now, like she was exhausted when she stopped right. doing that show. That was all her. So to build a brand, you know, you, you don't, you know, necessarily have to be like Oprah and, you know, have a hugely massive empire like that, but you can build a wildly successful business around the products and services that you offer and be engaging with your customers in ways that allow you, I mean, well, like me, to have a business that lasts 20 years. Mm -hmm. I haven't, yeah. I, you know, it's, it's, it's really a beautiful thing. And I do think it is um, a, a big part of what the next generation of entrepreneurs have to look forward to, that kind of freedom, flexibility, where their life isn't in a silo anymore. It's really one life and we integrate back and forth and we flow with great fluidity between the part of us that is generating income and the part of us that is enjoying the fruits of our labor. Mm, yeah, definitely. Another thing on the commenting and engaging with customers, that, that sort of thing can become evergreen material as well. Yeah. Because, um, you know, I wrote a blog post in 2004. 14 mm -hmm. um that, that went viral um it still goes it still gets a ton of hits uh -huh. and it had hundreds of comments mm -hmm. and um the most emails i get um responding i had to turn off the comments eventually but um uh those comments are still there and the most i get emails every day from people saying reading how you responded to the ugly mm -hmm. comments mm -hmm. um, and how you just kept coming back with science and information mm -hmm. that made me believe you and that mm -hmm. made you know change that really changed my perspective yeah so those 
commenting with people and just keeping your cool and mm-hmm. being kind and, mm-hmm. and um, it back to somebody when they're angry at you mm-hmm. um, is priceless and it sticks around mm-hmm. long term. Such good, such good advice. I was just going to ask you for a final piece of advice, but that was it. It's just really <laughs> to, to be yourself and to um, continue those those conversations. I can't imagine anybody being mad with you, Kayla. But anyway, well, I, guess, I suppose it's possible. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay, so KaylaFioravanti.com, ologyessentials.com and the location there in Franklin. Give us the address and everything for those of us who happen to be lucky enough to visit. Where do we go? Oh, yeah. So um, workshopcreate.com. It's just up as a landing page right at this moment um, because it's more about the location Mm -hmm. um, and we've been building that. But the store is located in a neighborhood called West Haven, um, which is uh, part of Franklin and near Leaper's Fork. Um, and so the address is 1020 West Haven Boulevard. We're on the corner of Front Street and um, West Haven. And our logo actually, or our, our um, slogan is on the corner of retail and DYI. And what is your, what are your hours there? We are open Tuesday through Saturday, um, 11 to 6. Um, and then um, we teach classes there regularly. Our regular scheduled classes are Tuesday and Thursdays um, starting at 6.30. Um, they go to about 8. Um, and then on Sundays, um, 2 to 4. And, um, and then we do private parties as well. Um, matter of fact, I've got one to answer. Someone wants to have 25 people. I'm like, wow, we're not that big. <laughs> but we'll work it out. I'll come to you. Um, so That's great. Um, That's great. Yeah, it's, it's, um, yeah. it's open. Uh, I, mean, I love it too because you're, you're building it as you, I mean, it's not like, I mean, you're, you're making it up as you go along. Like someone calls right. and the answer isn't no. The answer is, oh, right. yeah, of course I'll come to you. Like, it's like. Right. <laughs> It's a very small store, but we'll work it out. (laughs) That's great. That's great. So I know it's going to grow and I know it's going to be wildly successful. And I I come to Franklin every now and then, and now I have another reason to go and visit there. It's a a cute city. So um, thank you so much, Kayla, for sharing from your heart about your experiences, you know, the emotional ups and downs of entrepreneurship, the failures, the successes. Um, and what you see for the future. We're, we're going to uh, latch ourselves onto you and follow along because I think, I think uh, it's, it's fun to see what you're doing and it's fun to get new ideas from you as well. So um, we're going to be right there beside you. And if you need um, uh, aromatherapy education, you need to check out Ology Essentials and the classes that are going to start in 2018. Um, Kayla, so much fun. Um, I know, I'm so biased. Some people are probably going, oh, she's so biased. <laughs> Because they're friends, and I know. Okay, so I'll, in full disclosure, she is also my friend. Um, but really, there's so much to learn from her um, as an entrepreneur, as a woman, as a mom, as you know, a, a failed entrepreneur, a successful one, uh, just family business. There's just nothing you can't get. So make sure you uh, follow along at whichever outlet is best for you. Kayla, thank you so much for sharing today. Yes, thanks for having me. It's been fun. All right, we look forward to next time. Take care, everyone. Bye bye. Well, I hope you enjoyed my interview with Kayla Fioravanti of Ology Essentials and Workshop Create. Let's review some of the important entrepreneurial lessons Kayla and I discussed during this episode. 
Number one, test new websites and then test them again. And it's not just websites. Like we have to test everything until we make sure that it works, especially where technology is concerned because it can be somewhat unpredictable. I love Kayla's advice that we test, 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 and then test again a new website before it goes live. Of course, there will always be something to fix. I've launched enough websites to know that, but the big thing should not go sideways because you can test them in advance. Avoid a lot of new site launch hassle and headache by over-testing rather than under-testing before your launch date. Number two, be teachable. Kayla mentioned that one of the main reasons why investors and buyers were interested in the business she ended up selling a few years back is because she was genuine about the mistakes she had made in the business along the way. As Kayla said, no serious investor is going to really be interested in your brand if you have always done everything right. Failure allows you to show that you are teachable and that you can bounce back when things don't go your way, right? And in business, we all know that things absolutely do not always go your way. <laughs> Number three, show up for your customers. I love this part. Kayla shared the importance of showing up in person for your people and not just leaving engagement to automation or even qualified assistance. You cannot have meaningful conversations with your target audience if you are not there to lead the discussions and to guide them as they make buying decisions where your brand is concerned. This is just so critical for everyone to understand because so much of success, so much of sales results, not just because your product is great or because your service is awesome, but because you are there to represent it and engage with your customers and have conversations with them in ways that are important to them. So that opens an authentic door for them to be able to trust you and then purchase what you have to offer because they know that you are sincerely interested in serving them and helping them live a better life. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Be sure to share it with someone you know and help spread the word. This podcast is all about you and the indie business revolution because you are breaking the mold of traditional entrepreneurship and creating success on your own terms. I'm so excited to be on this journey with you and really to be continuing to do this in my own life as we all work together towards similar goals of having a life that allows us to have fun in our business and a business that serves us and helps us to create the life that we really want. You can catch every episode of this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast streaming app. And of course, you can always find each episode on my website at IndieBusinessNetwork.com. And if you're listening on iTunes, won't you please do me the honor of rating this podcast? It helps me so much to know that you appreciate the amazing people and maker stories featured on the Indie Business Podcast. You can also share episodes from the blog as well at IndieBusinessNetwork.com. I will see you on the next episode of the Indie Business Podcast. In the meantime, break all the rules, build your own corporate ladder, and create the life you love.